genre. Welcome to Beyond Geek by Night, where we go behind the scenes of the Geek by Night podcast. On today's show, we will be discussing the 40th episode, Out of Time. So charge up your tough love weapons, because we're about to go beyond Geek by Night. I'm your host, Matt Bennett. I'm joined today, as always, by writer and creator Scott Corelli. Hello. As well as executive producer and writer Cass Fredrickson. Hi. Joel Vickers himself, Zach Luna. Hey, yeah, how's it going? <laughs> and voice of Gretchen West and, you're not going to believe this, also Agent Gretchen, Chelsea Kern. <laughs> and executive producer. And executive producer. <laughs> and casting, and casting director. director. That's yes. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> In episode 40, Out of Time, we see what happens after Joel plunges into Chonky Boy Godzilla's mouth. He is confronted by Nathan, who waxes philosophical about Joel's hero journey, despite lacking the superpowers of his friends. He strikes a deal with Joel to be sent back six months along with everyone else. In return, Nathan turns everyone back to normal from their making it weird transformations. At Holt Manor, the watchdogs attack and David is killed, but not before giving Simon a cure for his degenerative ailment, a cure that will also remove his powers. The gang reunites and tasks Gretchen with sending them all back six months, including Nathan. When a core few remain, the watchdogs attack once again. Frantic and out of time, get it? Gretchen attempts to transport everyone back at once, but fails, and our heroes end up at some unknown point in space and time. Finally, we travel back to six months ago, where the last man, transported back by Agent Gretchen, meets up with the ire quote, the only person he can trust. And it's revealed that the last man is the ire. The only thing worse than the ire is to the ires. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Welcome, everybody. Hey. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Do you, do uh, you write those like uh, summaries yourself? Because that's very impressive. It takes hours. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering. <laughs> he's like sweating as he's typing. <laughs> <laughs> typewriter of course um, very efficient it used to be much simpler <laughs> <laughs> that's true it has increased in complexity over time final season let's go yeah um zach i'm gonna pick on you first because oh. uh you have not been a guest on beyond for a while now actually the last episode you were on was may of 2020 when we oh, talked wow. about the fandom menace oh, yeah. um so, uh, I want to check in <laughs> okay. with you oh my God. <laughs> and Joel Vickers. Uh, what are some of your favorite Joel moments from over the years, whether it's in the show or behind the scenes? Oh, boy. Tough spot. Uh, I mean, I've just been delighted to like get to be a part of a project where the character changes over time and the involvement of the character changes over time. Uh, you know, like, I had a lot of fun... Um, on the old episodes we talked about when we first started recording this show and I had to like find weird spots to record. And I was like in a <laughs> wooden sauna, like sweating my head off trying to record old Joel lines. And like, yeah, I'm a real business boy while I'm sweating in my underwear. Um, I think outside of like, in, like IRL working on the show, I think my favorite moments about like this season in particular was you know, it's not like a secret to any of us that we had to make this season under 
different scenarios than we initially <laughs> thought we might on account of all of the pandemic of everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we did uh, the episode where we were doing like um, concurrent recording with people where mm-hmm. it was like the only time that we got to act in scenes while being recorded with other characters, which is delightful. But then like there was some issue with several of those where like recordings failed or were corrupted or whatever. And we had to re-record those bits after the mm-hmm. fact to fit back into the things we'd already done. It was such an interesting technical challenge and it sounds like flawless in the final episode. I think that's all Scott's doing and, and the, I don't remember who directed that episode specifically, but I know Scott's doing all this crazy editing on it. And then for this episode in particular, by the time it came around to actually record this stuff, I was like in between functional computers and freaking out about a bunch of technical stuff. And Scott actually, because when we started making the show, Scott lived in a different city than I did. But by the time we made this season, Mm-hmm. We both lived in Los Angeles, and he was like, "Why don't you record it at my place, and I'll direct you, like in the scenes as we're recording it?" And that was probably the most fun I ever had working <laughs> on Geek by Night was not being alone. Basically, <laughs> like, in both of those stories, it's about not being alone, uh, and that's my favorite part. <laughs> um, so for Scott and Cass, uh, Joel started out as um kind of a side character you know we we have him introduced along with a few others in the very first episode and over time he has definitely grown um we learn more about him and he's just become more central and obviously in this episode he saves the day after volunteering to jump into Godzilla's mouth so uh I'm curious if Joel ended up where you thought he would or if that is a character that kind of um took you by surprise or maybe developed over time um I would say definitely developed over time. I mean, I think I think it was like, you know, um, obviously we love Zach and we wanted Zach to come back, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely part of it. That's why we were like totally okay with continuing to bring Joel back. But I think initially at least, because I think we had written this episode before any of it was cast, in The Fandom Menace, I think we only brought Joel back because we were like, well, this is going to be a Gwen-centric episode she needs to deal with her old job and and responsibilities and learning to be a leader. And so it makes a lot of sense to bring her boss back from the first episode. Um, and so we brought him back for that. And then because we, I think that was when we had like the most fun with Joel. Um, because, you yes. know, in the first one, it's a lot of him. It's kind of the hot guy problem in Avengers where it's like a lot, it's a lot of him being Gwen. So... <laughs> We didn't really get to know Joel on any kind of deep level in the first episode. But then in that second one that he was in, like, we got to, like, play around and Cass uh, co-wrote that episode and kept commenting about how much they were having fun writing <laughs> Joel because he's just such a, like, like you know, they were able to make him such a weirdo. Um, <laughs> like, just because he's so, like, aggro, but also a soft boy, like, mm-hmm. kind of at the same time. Um, and just weird and, and yeah, was able to say things that could throw Gwen off whatever <laughs> she was doing in the scene. Um, and so then I don't remember where we were, but I know that I know that Cass became an executive producer post ghost story um, or co-executive producer co- post ghost story. Yeah. And so we were doing the finale to um, 
or the, the you know the 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 Simon centric episode from from season one, right? And I think we we just like thought of the weird idea of like okay, so there's going to be this business conference. And then maybe we bring Joel back yeah. and maybe he's a little more down on his luck. And we were like, what is he that? What is down on his luck look like to him? Because um, we were thinking about like John McClane. He does this whole yes. John McClane mm-hmm. diehard thing in that episode. And so we're like, what is what is the Joel equivalent of like, you know, walking barefoot on broken glass? <laughs> and and I think I think we had so much fun writing this guy who was so far on up up top. To like fall so hard on his face <laughs> that he's like, you know, sleeping with elderly women just to have a place to like stay <laughs> at this hotel. Um, that uh, I don't know. We just kind of fell in love with him. And then, and then we just like, you know, it was like every time we looked down, he was still stuck to our shoe. And I was like, well, I guess he's just not going away. <laughs> like, we're gonna, we're just gonna keep writing him. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so. <laughs> It's not like we were stuck with Joel uh-huh. because no. I feel like when we were breaking episodes, um, and this is like the majority of it is due to like Zach's performance of this character because like yeah. we all just like fell in love with him immediately. And so Scott in particular was just like, so what's Joel up to? Like, what's our friend Joel up to? <laughs> uh-huh. And then it we... um. I don't know if you've noticed because the ensemble, as uh, we wrote at some point, is getting unwieldy. Um, we just keep <laughs> adopting characters. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the performance of the actors that we've cast, um, that Chelsea cast. Um, but it's 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 fun and challenging both because it's like, I don't want to let go of these characters, but like, why are they still here? You know, <laughs> so it's like that. Ba- it's like balancing that. <laughs> it, it must be hard to like hold all the limes at once. You know, like they, there's just you got an arm full of limes and one yeah, they go? they're just dropping everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's a reason we took a three year hiatus, uh, <laughs> and it's because writing a, a you know hour long full uh, ensemble uh, yeah. with like fifteen characters, is, and it's hard. It's hard to give them all something to do. There was supposed to be like a Joel centric episode in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we, we ended yeah. up breaking that like five times and we couldn't figure it out. And yeah. then it just kind of because Joel, um, as much of a disaster fire as Joel is, <laughs> uh, he's the one that's like the most emotionally stable. Yes. Um, yes. Which true. is like, so that's like his mini arc in this episode is kind of like. No, he is like he's the glue that holds everything together right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, the 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 Joel centric episodes that we tried to write, I mean there were multiple. Um and I don't want to get into like too many specifics until we get to the next episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I think it begets what happens in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um but but um uh, the point of the Joel episode was like we were bending over backwards to try and figure out how to give him like a, an episode centric character arc. <laughs> and it was so difficult um, because like, we were like, yeah, his whole thing is just like, yeah, whatever, man. Like I'll just roll mm-hmm. with it, mm-hmm. you know? And we were trying to figure out a way to make that a negative. And, <laughs> uh, it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, so this is kind of like, this is, this is the Joel centric episode is this, this, uh, this sequence in this episode, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other characters that along the way you found yourselves 
wanting to check in with or at least just wanting to work with that actor again. Like Gwen even says in this episode that the group is half redemption arcs at this point. Um, <laughs> is there anyone left? I don't think there's anyone left. <laughs> I, I mean, the, I think we talked about it, but the, I think the only dangling thread because we lost the actress um, was mm. the the stuff from Ghost Story, the uh, the reporter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was set up to keep going. And that actress decided that she did not want to be a part of the show anymore. And rather than recast um, and try to find a sound alike or something, yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like pointless. So we just scrapped the whole thing. So I just assume that character, um, you know, never got her career back and uh, <laughs> is, I don't know, somewhere in Montana or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so Zach, we've got four episodes left of Geek by Night after this, and wow. uh, I, I've been asking a lot of people this season on Beyond Geek by Night sort of just to look back on the series as a whole, and I'm curious on your feelings of Geek by Night and your involvement over the years and it finally coming to a close with this big finale and just sort of uh, what you're sitting with. Oh, boy. Um it's it's interesting. I mean, I I feel like I have a bit of an outsider's perspective on the show just because like I wasn't like part of the core group from the original cast and I also wasn't one of the like uh, you know, series regulars at the beginning or whatever, but it has slowly become such a like treasured little part of my life uh these like markers of stages of my life over the past I don't know, what is it? Over half a decade we've been working on this version of, of Geek by Night. Almost mm-hmm. a decade. Almost a we decade. We started Almost in 2015. 2015, yeah. yeah because, <laughs> like, I, I I used to, like, listen to Scott's older podcasts, like, on the Mind Robber Network when I was, like, working in uh, costume shops and stuff. Just because you have, like, a lot of hours in the day that you have to fill while you're doing mind-numbing things. Like, I, I was hmm. gluing a lot of pieces of armor together for my job <laughs> and i i needed to listen to to people talk and like <laughs> scott's old podcasts were that for me for that period of my of my life like i don't know 2013 or 2014 and that led over into this like sort of cosmic you know kismet type of thing where i saw posted that like oh we're doing open auditions for a couple parts on this thing and at that time i had been um like i was working on a on a cartoon like an educational cartoon like doing localization of this japanese cartoon about cooking and stuff like that and so i was going into these recording sessions you know telling people how to make sushi and i was like (laughs) really i don't know weirdly stressed about like being an artist and how that relates to also trying to earn money with your art and being like, this is very cool that I'm like working on a TV show, but it's also a show nobody's going to watch. And I don't feel good about the work that I'm doing. (laughs) And, but I was getting some familiarity with like recording dialogue and whatnot at the moment that I saw that audition thing. And so I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw a thing out there. And because of that, like offhand decision while I was working on, those random things I don't do anymore. I ended up with people that I consider some of my closest friends, like period at this point. And, you know, I've, I hung out with a bunch of you folks at like Disneyland for Scott's <laughs> party. Like this is yeah. a huge part of my life that I, I don't know where I'd be if I had not decided to like throw out a random audition for that. So like, this is, 
in a way, the most wholesome corner of my social life for such a, a long <laughs> period of time. And it's funny that it's like, for the most part, just like people I know on the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny, Zach. I remember, uh, I remember when Scott showed me your audition. We were, uh, we were in Chicago for Scott's birthday. And he was like, listen, you've got to hear this audition. It's amazing. And I heard your voice and I was like, oh, my God, wait. This guy's great. <laughs> I cannot wait to work with him. Yeah. That's really and here sweet. we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I feel great about the show being able to, like, conclude in a way that feels uh, earned and earnest and complete. Because it, it's really hard to finish things. Like, it's hard to make anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, finishing things is particularly hard. But that's also the only way you, like, get real experience doing the the toughest part of it is to finish things, you know, like even if it's just like a screenplay, nobody ever sees there's a difference between starting a screenplay and getting halfway into it and stopping versus finishing the screenplay. So to do that on this scale where it's not only finishing one script, but it's finishing dozens of scripts and finishing an entire linked narrative and also building this whole big project with people that you love and people that mean a lot to you. That's like, that's the coolest thing you can do. And so I'm just very excited to to see what people think about the way it ends, but also to like have the nice bow to put on it because uh, mm-hmm. the relationships are going to continue forever. But the work itself, it's nice. It's really nice to finish something. Mm-hmm. Sure. Also, someone should hire all of us to do it again. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> and if you need an after show, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> I want to switch gears here to Gretchen West and uh, Chelsea. I want to get your thoughts um, on Gretchen's character and powers in this episode. In general, it was just a big Gretchen episode with more than one Gretchen uh, (laughs) taking center stage. Yeah. uh, This episode was a big, like emotionally for Gretchen and, and for me, it was uh, a lot of, uh, I don't know. It was really hard work. I remember recording this episode and just like it took a lot a lot out of me um (laughs) Mm. uh recording like both agent gretchen and just regular gretchen um it's interesting to see the way gretchen has developed and i feel like she has spent a lot of time trying to gain confidence in her powers and i feel like as she was starting to kind of like trust herself a little bit more this really kind of scary tragic thing happens and that's a that's i don't know that's a that's a really hard thing to go through and uh i really felt that when i was recording this episode um and yeah i i don't know it was just a big moment for me as an actor too like i don't i don't get a lot of opportunities to to explore something like that and especially with a character that i've known for so long and uh yeah i don't know was... <laughs> so yeah. uh, chelsea absolutely wrecks in yes. this episode crushed it uh, absolutely yeah yeah uh i were i was uh you know when i was going through and i don't know i don't know um I don't know. I'm sure Cass will have lots to say about directing the episode, but I know when I was editing, especially that last scene, not mm-hmm. the last man one, but the one before that, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, that uh, like, like uh, their performance was like making me cry. 
um, <laughs> because it was so heartbreaking. So, um, I mean, it was exactly what I think we were picturing when we were writing it. So, um, yeah, it's it's just, I mean, it was it was so good. I don't know if Cass had a similar experience. No, yeah, I was um, be- there. There were like three scenes that I was really nervous about um, directing in this one. Um, and like the because that's like the. That's like the emotional climax of the episode. Um, and it's mm-hmm. it's not like a, a good one. So mm-hmm. I was very nervous about um, directing that. But like Chelsea gave me so much to work with. Um, mm-hmm. And it. Uh, which was which was great, but also like I didn't like <laughs> I didn't like hearing my friend cry for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <Aww. laughs> But no, like, um, and I, even like the Agent Gretchen stuff, like, I love that Agent Gretchen is just kind of a little scamp, like, and the, <laughs> the, the, the vocal quality is like different. Like you can tell who's speaking, uh, especially in the, like the, 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 like the final scene, the confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, cause there's like a, like a lower raspy quality to Agent Gretchen, which I was just like, oh yeah, she's a little stinker. I like that. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> that's so glad like, to hear that. Yeah. That's so like that, that gave me a lot to work with too, for that, just like pulling the takes that I liked for those. Yeah. I was super nervous doing that. Cause I was like, okay, I'm literally just, it's me and me in this scene. Like right. I got to make sure I sound very different. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is Cass- one thing I've loved about the show in general, not to, to butt in, uh, just that for something like this, this type of genre fair where you can play around with so many different weird scenarios that make sense in the world you built, it just like on the actor side provides a lot of interesting challenges or interesting new, you know, appro- you're not just doing the same type of character every time you come in to record sometimes you're doing mm-hmm. the evil version of the character yes. or the like you know British all the making it weird stuff that we did yeah uh-huh. where, like i complained a lot about it when i was recording it but it was it was, God, it was complained so much yeah i was so mad about that. was it I, I, you guys based that idea on like back when i had a better like uh english accent that i use more frequently because i was like doing a bunch of shakespeare back when i did my initial audition and i used to like i was doing a i did a shakespeare play in los angeles where they're like can you do just the whole thing in an english accent I'm like i guess and like that was i think a month before i did my initial audition for geek by night so i actually sent in two versions of my audition where i did like an american joel and an english joel for some stupid reason but like so this is joke is a callback to that but when i had to actually do it i was like i can't do this anymore i don't know why i agreed this nonsense but it is kind of fun because like it, the joke works either way like it's fine yeah. that mm-hmm. it's not a very good accent <laughs> i did complain a lot With your long forgotten name, we call upon you. We call upon you. In the words of the unspeakable language, we call upon you. We call upon you. By the spilt blood of the wicked who walk upon this world sprouting the words of false idols, we call upon you. We call upon you. On the land of the dead harvest, that which brings the earth itself into your service, Yamal, we call upon you. We call upon you. We call upon you. We call upon you. Calls upon you. The Sprouting 
a Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast by Blighthouse Studio. Find us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, Cass, from a directing standpoint, I'm curious to know what some of the challenges were with directing a single actor playing two different roles, sometimes in the same room. You know, we had like Simon and Agent Simon interacting with each other, Gretchen and Agent Gretchen. Um, I imagine that was uh, a new weird experience um, for this episode or the last few episodes specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I guess the most important thing to me and um, a lot of our actors like picked up on it was just like make it distinct. Um, And whether that be in like the vocal like tone or, or just like the attitude Mm -hmm. um, so that like it's, it's different enough that we can like, hear them and without seeing them you know like mm-hmm. that's that's always the challenge with this because it's like um there were there were there was a lot more action in this episode originally too um but i know <laughs> scott scott uh was like tearing his hair out trying to figure out how to make it work without <laughs> the cinematic quality and he's like no this wait, i have to cut all of this so like there's a lot <laughs> not a lot but like there's like chunks of the episode where we had to like pare it down because it's like this isn't working in this format and how do we fix it? You know, mm-hmm. um, but I'm no, I'm I'm really proud of of all of our actors, all of the the like the core, the the watchdogs um, for for turning in like performances that were that felt distinct from the characters that we've been following for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that came through in the episode. <laughs> I think it and, did. And not just evil either. Like we saw Agent Mindy watch agent simon die and like Mm -hmm. they they have their own fleshed out personalities it's not just bizarro versions of -hmm. of the people we know Mm -hmm. Um, it definitely comes across (laughs) for sure (laughs) that's good um i had the pleasure of being able to read the script uh for this episode and there's a a great little moment in the script where (laughs) gretchen finally transports everybody back and uh there there's a, a script direction that says an implosion of space and time Good luck, future Scott. Yep. <laughs> so, I'm uh, very curious, Scott. Um, how how was the editing process for an episode that was this action packed and cinematic and um, unique? It was absolute hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, He's like, I'm hiring yeah. someone to do this next. Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I, uh, I wanted to die multiple times, um, <laughs> editing this and, and, you know, it was, you know, what's funny is I thought for sure that was going to be the most difficult thing, but the most, that it wasn't the, the absolute most difficult thing was the, uh, power couple like versus everybody yes. scene. Yeah. That was mm. the one that like, I, I just, I would, I would open it. And then I would move a couple of things around. And I'd be like, "No, fuck this!" And I'd, 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 I'd close it and, and leave um, because I just I couldn't handle it. Uh, it was it was too much. And um, as Cass alluded to, like at a certain point, you know, I had to just start cutting stuff out um, in order to get it to work because it just couldn't. I could not get it to flow the way that it was in the script, which I think it works really well in the script. But as soon as I tried to pull that into audio only format, Mm -hmm. I was like, I would do something and I would do it exactly like it is in the script. And I'd be like, no one is going to have any idea what is going on right now. (laughs) Um, So I had to, and it was either like, either I cut this all out, which 
I think I don't think anything is missing no. from the episode. No. Like I I don't even remember what I cut out to be perfectly honest because the episode is just sort of what the episode is now to me. Mm-hmm. Um and it it works perfectly fine. Um but it was either that, it was either cut stuff out, or it was going to be, like, asking people to, like, re-record just, like, really sweaty exposition <laughs> of, like, describing things that are happening out loud for no reason. Um, and I just couldn't, I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that, because that'll, like, totally ruin the vibe of this. So I just, I just shortened everything, I tightened it all up, and, uh, and eventually got through it. But it was, it was it like... A month or six weeks that I was working on just that scene. I think cast? so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because wow. it it like it took a while for me to to turn it in, and then I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Here, here, good luck. And then you're just like, no, I hate this. This is the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the hardest one, but I, I I got it to a place that I was really happy with. Um, I still think there's a couple of lines that I had to get people to re-record. Yeah. Um, just to like fill in a little bit of a gap. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but other than that, I, it, you know, it's, it, I think it's, I think it speaks for itself. I think it turned out really well. Um, and then in terms of that particular stage direction that you're talking about, um, I wrote that to myself, uh, <laughs> in the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I, I didn't know how to describe it. And I didn't know what it was going to be, but what I basically, I, I mean, I did, I, I, I basically, so I, I formed that scene. Um, uh, the way that I can describe it, I guess, is that I, I, I created those sound effects out of like, um, I don't know, almost like a, like a symphony that builds to a crescendo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started with like one layer of sound and then I added another layer on top of that and another layer. And I just kept every time that there was a new element introduced into the 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 problem um with the other gretchen and all of that um i just kept building and building and building um and yeah uh just finally got it to the to the place that it was and i'm really happy with how it turned out i think it's i think it's really really good i think when i i think when i sent that scene to Cass, i said something like i better win a fucking award <laughs> 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 but uh uh yeah it was um uh, yeah no it's just it's my it's one of my favorite things that i've designed on the show um from a from a a, a sound design perspective i just think it i don't know i'm really proud of it i think it turned out really really mm-hmm. well it's it a great did. moment it's fantastic yeah. so you did sorcery basically that's all yes. what i got out of that yeah. description It's so weird. I cannot describe what my process is in in figuring out some of these things. I just, I imagine a sound and then I break it apart in my brain Mm -hmm. and I try to find all the individual sounds that are going to make up the sound that I'm hearing. Um, And I usually get pretty close, uh, but. I am always impressed because there, there have been multiple, multiple scripts where we've gotten some sort of, you know, situation like that where it's just kind of like, I don't know. Something crazy is going to happen, and Scott will figure out how to do it. I'm always just like, I have no idea how that's going to happen. And as soon as I hear it, I'm like, yeah, wait, that makes total sense. That totally comes across. Wait, yeah. you nailed that. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's not even just the big flashy stuff like, yeah. how does this fight sound or how does this implosion of space time sound? It's also things like just <laughs> making people sound like they're in different spaces or there's a different mm-hmm. quality to the space. Like, 
I, I was re-listening to this episode and I was shocked because I know, because I was there and Scott was there, that we recorded all of my lines in one space. Like I didn't change, <laughs> yeah. you know, the actual environment I was in. But to hear it go from like, this is Joel in a jungle. This is yep. Joel at yeah. sea. This is Joel in a spacesuit in outer space, freaking <laughs> out about being in outer space. And it, you can just hear it. Yeah. That's magical to me. That's crazy. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> That sequence was probably the most fun I've ever had editing <laughs> something because um, I knew exactly what I want. And it was just it was just like laying it out and, and hitting it. And every time a new scene would set up and, and I would nail it, I'd be like, yeah, like, it, was just like, it was just it was very satisfying to put together. I know. I think that took um, you less than a day. Yeah. 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 I was really, really. Yeah. I, I remember Cass was very surprised that I was done with it already. Yeah. Cause I know you were um, like stressed out about it and you're like, no, it's done. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was, uh, that was thrilling. I loved putting that one together. <clears throat> yeah. Between this episode and the last episode, making it weird, there was just a lot of playful sound design. So I'm glad yeah. to hear that there were things that, that were enjoyed. Yeah. You know, Next episode is, uh, very different. Um, <laughs> Um, another thing I really like about this episode, and to be fair, this is something that I feel like Geek by Night has always done well, but in this episode, there is um, a lot of earned tonal shifts. You know, we still have our team cracking jokes and giving our little secret quotes and asides and stuff, but we also have some really serious moments. Like we have Joel being very vulnerable with Nathan and we have Simon watching his father die. Um, so I'm curious from, uh, especially Cass directing and writing and having so much control over the tone of an episode. Um, how do you, how do you balance out those scenes and sort of create that rhythm of those ups and downs that, that make the show so great? Um, well, I definitely think it, it's, it's like most of it's in the script. Um, like, like Nick and, and Scott and I will like, you know, like lay out like okay so what is this group doing or what is this group doing and like what are the consequences of of this group doing their actions and stuff um and i think the i kind of like the 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 tonal um chaos of this it's because it it's like a controlled sort of chaos like we have like cuz we don't really we don't really split the group all that often um, mm -hmm. so you have like our ground team, like our rescue op team, like, you know, fighting Godzilla, which is like <laughs> every time I talk about this out of context, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. I love it so much. <laughs> um, and, and the, the, we have like the, the scene with, with Lorelai and Billy, um, and then the, the, the the like one-on-one -on -one conversation with joel and nathan and then you have the the really big like emotional emotionally charged like simon um scene so i think that like laying the groundwork in the script um i just have to like i don't know and i because like when we're writing this at least for me like when i'm writing it i have a a fairly clear idea of like how i want the line to sound um, or like how I want like the flow of it to go. Um, so it's mostly just like Scott said, like laying pieces together and just kind of like figuring it out from the, the blueprint, you know, 
I don't know if that made any sure. sense. <laughs> no, it does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes off very well. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Folks, who knew that we'd be releasing this at such a like fertile cultural moment for Godzilla? Did that I, I was thinking of that this morning. We got I like, manifested. <laughs> we got like a Kurt Russell TV show about Godzilla right now, and we got like the highest grossing Godzilla movie like ever, like Japanese Godzilla movie ever in theaters. Mm-hmm. And like we're hang we're we got Lorelai saying how much she loves Godzilla Chonky Boy. Chonky All Boy. <laughs> Those are on equal planes for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another really great thing that we got in this episode was the reveal of the last man's identity um, mm. as as the ire. So um, I definitely want to talk about this before we wrap up here, because um, this was really fun for me because I spent a lot of time thinking <laughs> about who the last man was. Like, I knew pretty early that, like, it was going to have to be somebody it was going to have to be a reveal just because of, you know, how how integrated it is into the plot. But I I actually guessed originally that it was Joel because no, not guessed. Oh. You were confident. I was. I actually you were was like, quite. Confident. I would bet money. I'm going to say it like it's going to happen. And I felt like it fit. And and this episode actually touched on a lot of the reasons why that Joel has those heroic personality traits, but not necessarily the the powers. Yeah. Or when the, you the first pitched that suggestion, I was like, what? Where is that coming from? And then as I was listening to this episode, I was like, you know what? It could it, it could land like it it felt kind of villain or originy a little bit like mm. oh like all your friends have superpowers and you don't and yeah mm. so I um I I do have a little question about this though um so we we get this reveal the Iyer um who was originally voiced by Mark Allen Jr. but you guys had uh Gene Marks play the last man and I'm curious about like that creative decision especially because like. The agents are all playing themselves. Were you really trying to put a lot into, like, hiding that identity and, and building up to this big reveal? Uh, no, because Gene Marks is a fake name. Uh, Ooh! Is Mark, that was that was Mark Allen Jr. the whole yeah. time. Oh, um, holy shit! Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Wait, I don't yeah. think I knew that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so cool. That's, that's that's the uh, we asked we asked Mark's permission and he was like, yeah, I occasionally use this name, use this, because I didn't want to reveal because I knew that if I credited him, everyone would know. And he was the yeah. ire the whole yeah, time. Yeah, of course. So we've been crediting him under a fake name until this episode. Yes. Um, so but yeah, it was Mark Allen Jr. the whole time. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, he absolutely wrecks house. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It. it was so much yeah. fun. And having both of them together at the end, it, it just made perfect sense. But I would never have guessed that. I genuinely, like, I, I even wrote a question to prepare for this. Like, why did you guys cast somebody else? But he just did such a great job. It sounded like somebody else. That's so awesome. It's wild. Yeah, that's like, great. Even like in like the initial table read or whatever, it's fascinating to watch Mark do his thing because he like he can just do insane villain laughs and yes. weird helmet talk like just in person immediately. Like I don't know. Maybe everybody else is just better at acting than I am. Like, <laughs> I, I have to work my way into like being able to do Joel stuff. I feel like everybody else is like, yeah, you can just like talk like the person. Uh, but to just see Mark be like, yeah, I'll just be this psycho for half a second and pop back out of it. I'm like, damn, that's awesome. <laughs> Crushed it. Yeah, I think if I if I remember correctly, you know, he was asking me like how do how do you I, I was like I, I told him that I wanted him to sort of disguise his voice a little, but I didn't want him to change 
I wanted him to sound like the ire when he was recording his lines, mm -hmm. but I told him to do the ire doing an impression of Rorschach. <laughs> yes, and, I can absolutely so, hear that. Oh and so God. if you go back and you listen to if if I could if I could play like a track a, a, like an unproduced track <laughs> mm -hmm. of one of his last man performances that's what it sounds like it's yeah. just the ire but he's doing a Rorschach impression mm -hmm. um and then obviously you know I put that through like the helmet filter and all of that stuff It's like um if you ever see a behind the scenes thing of South Park when uh Trey's doing the Cartman voice it, it just <laughs> sounds like Stan doing an impression of Cartman, and then they apply the young <laughs> filter to it. Or no, it sounds like the dad doing an impression of Cartman, but oh, then yeah. they do the filter to it, and they, all of a sudden it sounds like Cartman. It's fascinating. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my That's God. so cool. I'm so glad I asked. That's my mouth just dropped. That's so <laughs> um, uh, does anybody else have any uh, closing thoughts on this awesome episode? Or uh, shout outs to anybody else who contributed to the episode that might not be in the room here today? I got two because I don't know as much about this production as anybody else. So I feel like I'll just throw mine out and then everybody will have actual interesting things to say. <laughs> Number one, I just want to shout out Brian, Brian Brown, because mm -hmm. like I did all my half of uh, the Joel podcast stuff in like a vacuum. And the way it totally changed and kind of sung once Brian's voice was, in, I mean, like you can't do a like, mellifluous smooth voice off with brian because he'll crush everybody every time <laughs> and so it was just really nice to like hear it all connect together in terms of like the storyteller voice and this power connected to the i don't know it was just really cool for me i just think he he's so so smooth and so um subtle in what he does so that was mm -hmm. great mm -hmm. other thing i want to shout out is probably my favorite line in this entire episode by a pretty wide margin is Chris's underplayed delivery of, eh, needs more pouches during a Rob Liefeld joke. Like they're talking about the big gun that can do everybody's powers or whatever. And there's this whole Rob Liefeld side thing. And Chris just very quietly throws in this like, eh, needs more pouches. And I've, I've driven myself crazy in enough recording sessions trying to do a casual throwaway joke like that. And it's, it's much harder than it seems. And Chris just crushes it every time. He's amazing. So I just want to put that out there. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I wanted to shout out Andrew as Simon. Um, oh, Simon yeah. uh, goes through it um, in Very this episode so. yeah. and the next episode. Um, and every, um, the putting together the scene with, with Simon and David, um, was, uh, it was very like narratively fulfilling, but it was also like, oh my God, this is so sad. And like the, yeah. the, 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 the quality of the performance just was like, it's, uh, I hesitate to say joy because it's like, you know, it's sad, but it is like a joy to listen to. Like he does a really good mm -hmm. job as Simon. So I want to mm -hmm. say. Um, I too am going to shout out uh, uh, two, two things. I, I feel like we haven't talked enough about the Lorelai Billy scene. Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. yes. Kind of in this yeah. whole arc. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but uh, in this episode in particular, I mean, it's just, they're so good. And I, and I just, I feel like you can, Really feel, you know, Naomi always just absolutely wrecks house oh, yeah. as Lorelai, mm -hmm. but 
there's so many compl- complex emotions that she's playing in she's these scenes, a lot. Yes. especially here, you know, because there's 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 uh, a little bit of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. There's this sort of like sadness of what could have been. <laughs> there's anger. There's, you know, f- like literal fury. Um, there's disgust. There's all these things. And then all of that crescendos here into pity. Mm. Um, and it's just, there's just so much happening and it's so, so good. And then also, um, also Nick, uh, killing it. I feel like he was really nervous about this scene a little bit Mm -hmm. as an actor. I don't think he thought it was going to work. Um, and so he kept kind of like scaling it back and I was like, no, 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 no. You need to sound on the verge of death. Like you have to like really go for it. I think I had him redo this a few times. Mm. Um, worth it and I think by the time yeah, he did it the third time I yeah I think by the time he did it like the third time I think he was a little annoyed <laughs> <laughs> um, that, he was, that I was making him do it again but it kind of plays yeah, yeah, yeah. So not to be not you know not to not to like accidentally walk backwards into being like Darren Aronofsky <laughs> but um, but like I kind of think that that uh, ended up working in the long run because he just sounds so he sounds very much on the verge of death and also just so pissed so off tired. and annoyed and fed up yeah, and tired. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's really, really good. Um, so that's great. And then I also, we haven't talked about Scott Tofty at all. Mm, Tofty. Yeah. Um, and his work, his score in this episode. Oh, so good. I, I was not expecting, um, so much new stuff in this arc. Yeah. Uh, I figured he would come up with a few themes and then he would reuse them throughout the arc and whatever. Um, but that, uh, you know, the stuff that he does in to like set the mood in the, um, uh, the Joel sort of montage, uh, uh, different mm-hmm. world stuff was really incredible. Yeah. Um, the music that he did in the Simon, uh, uh, David's death mm-hmm. scene yes. is so Good and the way he like he incorporates the heartbeat Mm -hmm. and all of that. Oh my god, so good! And then of course the 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 time space explosion. That entire sequence is just like I told him what I did with the sound effects, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna do that with the I'm gonna do that with the music to like like kind of like go in tandem with the sound effects." And so like that's what he also did, and it just I mean I think it speaks for itself. It's just absolutely killer. Um, Yeah, this uh, uh, the score for this episode just absolutely wrecks, and it was so unexpected mm-hmm. uh, that it wrecks so hard because it's <laughs> like, you know, I was expecting um, uh, uh, making it weird to be the real standout in terms of the score, and I mean, you know, in a lot of ways it is, right? But mm-hmm. this is like quietly just really, really impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, so. Because yeah. at this point, the show has such a strong musical identity that we don't even really need strong transitions between scenes. Like when the music mm. kicks up and, and, you know, starts getting faster, we know that we're back outside with our guys fighting the watchdogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it just flows so well like that. And I we talked about it last week with um with making it weird. But I just I love the musical personality of this show and how consistent it's been. But just continually improving uh over 40 episodes 40 plus episodes yeah um, it's yeah. A, it's magic it to me. i don't understand how music works so it's like literal <laughs> magic every time <laughs> wow amazing um before we wrap up i do want to make a couple a few announcements oh. about 
mm. what's happening with the show now going forward. So um, a couple of things. Uh, one, um, the show is on YouTube now. So if that's your preference to listening to podcasts, great news. All the episodes <laughs> are on YouTube and uh, they're, they're hitting the same day as the regular podcast feeds. Um, so there's that. Uh, two, um, on the Patreon a few years back, uh, we re-released the original classic Geek by Night episodes from like 2007 with the original cast and everything. Um, and, uh, with, with commentary between Nick and myself, um, sort of, uh, reflecting on those old episodes. Um, those are on the Patreon and I have now taken the... Uh, uh, I made them free. So all you have to do is just go to Patreon and listen to those episodes if you want. Um, and you're probably going to uh, want to do that because in a good news, bad news situation, we are taking a small hiatus now. Um, the next episode, uh, this is this is airing, I believe, in February. And our next episode will hit on um, April 1st. Mm-hmm. Um uh, which is uh, the variant issue is the name of oh the my next god ish- I love the that next episode yes mm-hmm. yeah okay. um yes. so so uh so that episode is going to hit on April first taking a small break however in a good news bad news thing yeah. right bad news <laughs> it's it's that that's happening right mm-hmm. but if you want to hear that episode right now you will be able to because it will be up on Patreon right now yeah. so it's oh. done. It's just we need more time for the episodes after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need this little bit of break to just sort of like catch up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the episode, the next episode is ready to go. We're just holding it back from the main feed until April 1st. But if you are really desperate for it, go listen to it. It's on Patreon. You can do that. Um, so those are the announcements. So hopefully. Awesome. You're all like, oh, no, a hiatus. Is it going to be another three years? No, it's not. (laughs) I promise. I promise. Um, It's really, really, really not. Um, April 1st. The next episode will hit the main feed on April 1st, and you can listen to it right now on Patreon. Um, We're very, very serious about getting everything out this year. You guys have waited long enough. Mm -hmm. We just need a few weeks to catch catch up and uh, get our bearings before we um, release more episodes. Also, that episode in particular is feature length. So there's mm-hmm. that. Um, and we'll also feature two Beyond episodes um, as a result. So mm-hmm. wow. um, it'll be mm-hmm. that episode, two Beyond episodes, and then uh, uh, back with like sort of the final trilogy of episodes yeah. um, shortly after that. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all the announcements. That was so awesome. smoothly done. That was like really that was yeah. impressive podcasting. Just it's like you know, kind of I've been doing it long enough. I would hope so. I want to say thank you to all of my awesome guests for coming on today. Scott, Zach, Cass, and Chelsea for You're joining so me. What? You're so welcome. <laughs> your time. You, you came so far uh, to record with me. Um, and, and thank you to all of you, the fans, the underdogs, for listening to us today. If you'd like to support the show, please join the Dueling Genre Patreon at duelinggenre.com slash support. You'll also get access to classic Geek by Night episodes, scripts, and other behind-the-scenes materials, as well as bonus content from some of Dueling Genre's best shows, including weekly episodes of Dueling Genre Tonight, which is a lot of fun. You can also tell your friends, families, and followers to subscribe to Geek by Night on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you are listening to this right now. YouTube. YouTube, yes. We can add that to the list. 
<laughs> Finally, if you like our show, please leave a positive rating for us on iTunes. Thank you for going beyond Geek by Night with us. Have a super day. Super day.